when I first started, obviously I was completely petrified and the fear of the unknown was the, the biggest element for me that just got me. It was like I was couldn't sleep the night before, I was up all night and then was almost vomiting the day of like the first time I went out when it was huge. So um yeah, it was it was just basically getting used to that and the more experience I had the less fear of the unknown there was because I, I cancelled it out through um bad wipeouts and kickings and stuff. So it was like I think it's definitely good to have, have those bad experiences because they um, they kind of turn everything around for you and make you realise that yeah, you're you're well able to handle it. Hello and welcome to episode number thirteen of the Fit Sake podcast, brought to you by FS Gyms. This week, myself and Rudds are in the Pierhead Hotel in Mullockmore, joined by Connor McGuire. Connor, how are you doing? So bad. How's it going? This is your neck of the woods, Connor. Um, thanks a minute for organising and having us come up to jo- to join you. Um, you were afraid to come surfing with myself and Rudds this morning. Why was that? <laughs> yeah, it looked a bit big for me. I think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, as in Rudds looked a bit big, probably. Uh, he jumped in the water, jumped out. But uh, Rudds, did you enjoy surfing this morning? Yeah, it's class. It's amazing. Just to obviously do something completely different, and it was really fun. But as well, just when I first started, obviously I was completely petrified and. The fear of the unknown was the, the biggest element for me that just got me. It was like I was couldn't sleep the night before, I was up all night and then was almost vomiting the day of like the first time I went out when it was huge. So um yeah, it was it was just basically getting used to that and the more experience I had the less fear of the unknown there was because I, I cancelled it out through um <laughs> bad wipeouts and kickings and stuff. So it was like I think it's definitely good to have, have those bad experiences because they um they kind of turn everything around for you and make you realise that yeah, you're you're well able to handle it most of the time. Um, yeah, I was recently in Spain actually at a big wave contest and it's um, yeah, it was really really beautiful there. Re- huge cliffs and the vibe was incredible. Like it's a lot different than it is here. Like surfing's really established and has been for many many years, and they've they've had a lot of successful competitive surfers come out of there. So it's kind of big there and the, the contest was set on this in this little small fishing port and um, it, was, it was just incredible because the whole town came down to watch the contest and there was like thousands upon thousands of people lying in the cliff and anytime anyone caught a wave the whole cliff would just erupt so it was like that was pretty special that was one of the, the cooler experiences I've had surfing anywhere I'd say you don't get those kind of crowds out on a Wednesday <laughs> no. and... <laughs> yeah blustery Mulligmore <laughs> they're all wrapped up yeah. and uh, you've been up to some cool things throughout the winter you were telling us before we went on air f- filming documentary series getting a lot of surfing in over the winter um, yeah I'm working on a three part series with Red Bull at the moment that we um, we're filming all around the west coast of Ireland and it's about um, Irish surf culture and the history of Irish surfing so that's been a really interesting documentary to work on because I've been working on a friend who's not actually from here so I've kind of introduced him to all the old Irish characters and some of the most influential people in Irish surfing so it's been a, been really cool let, letting him meet those people and hear their stories. Being a tour guide as well has probably yeah. been good fun. Is there any yeah, kind of places fun. that you've seen Went through that process that you you didn't surf before. Is there any kind of gems that you came across, or have you surfed everywhere already? Um, yeah, pretty much surfed everywhere already. <laughs> <laughs> Not much to see. Yeah. Uh, well, Rudds, you've only started your surfing career, so there's plenty ahead for you. Yeah, yeah, plenty of room to improve. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to hand you over to to Rudds. Just going to talk through kind of the main things that I want to get from the episode today. 
so the three um, key things we'd love to cover would be the thought process um, in the face of a considerable challenge. Um, obviously, big wave surfing would be a considerable challenge. Um, your training and nutrition strategies for surfers. And then finally, uh, turning your passion into a profession. So in terms of, like, I'd like to know, like, how did you get started surfing? Um, I started surfing at age 11 on the beach that you started surfing at today. <laughs> so um, It's not too late, Rods. No, yeah. only a few years behind. <laughs> yeah, we bring you out to Mulligmore in no time. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, like anyone else that loves sports. I, the first time I hit the water, I just got completely addicted to it and absolutely loved the feeling of just the adrenaline rush and and the cold water and all of that and I, I started with my friend from school he's we knew each other since we were born and we we're ultra competitive together so that kind of helped us push each other and progress a lot more I think so um yeah it was it was quite interesting going surfing every day with him it, it kind of started off um like we, we started off surfing maybe on the weekends and then after school and then soon it just took over our lives and just started doing it every day and it was actually quite interesting because you can see Mulligmore off in the distance from Tullin Strand where the beach where we started so it was uh, it's always like the looming monster in the distance that you wanted to go conquer so it was it's quite interesting <laughs> and was there anyone you probably mentioned when you were on the tour of Ireland talking about some of the kind of the faces and the names in surfing history in Ireland. Is there anybody that really inspired you at that time? Obviously, young, probably, like, everyone had sports idols. Was there anyone that stood out to you at that point? Yeah, I was actually quite lucky because one of the big wave pioneers was from my town in Bundoran. His name is Richie Fitzgerald, and he was obviously massively influential to my career and me wanting to surf big waves. He was, uh, he was very, like, he was the main figure, so... It was um, it was really good having him there to be able to bounce things off and learn and yeah get get myself into big wave surfing. And did, did you seek him out pretty early on? Like when you like did you go to him and say, listen, I, I love kind of what you do, or how did how did that relationship build? Um, well, he's got a shop in town, and he was just plagued with me coming in every day. It's like a movie. This is like a lot of surfing movies that you've <laughs> yeah. seen, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'd say he was dreading four o'clock every day. I'd just run by going, Richie, Richie, Richie. <laughs> so yeah, he was kind of sick of me after a few years, I think. But um, yeah, he never acted like he was over it. And he'd always, always helped me to the best he could and pointed me in the right direction all the time. So. It's, it's, myself and Rudd's talk about that a lot. And with other guests we've had in the podcast, um, even Damien Brown was talking about when he wanted to row across the Atlantic, like no maritime experience whatsoever. But when you seek people out, and kind of you're keen to you show an expression of interest in them and want to learn from them it's amazing how helpful people can be sometimes to give you their time and their effort yeah exactly I, I think he he loved passing on the knowledge and he knew how excited I was because he'd been through the same thing but in a, in a different way and didn't have anyone to learn from so he was more than happy to pass on his wealth wealth of knowledge brilliant you would have been very helpful this morning for us <laughs> but nowhere to be seen yeah in terms of when you were getting started you mentioned yourself and your best friend starting off surfing and um, my brother we were chatting about it before the podcast he um grew up surfing in wales and the way he got into it was his best friends were doing it so he started surfing but then even when he got into it there's people from all different ages all different walks of life but there's a huge social element to it where they'd all go down and surf and hang out together the whole time and became best of friends a group of 40 or 50 people that you might not necessarily ever put in together if you're just looking them on the street 
but the fact was they all loved the same thing were trying to get better at the same thing so there was a huge social element to the surfing like have you yeah. found that in your own your journey in terms of getting into surfing and a huge kind of yeah, social element yeah for sure I mean like you said it brings people from all walks of life and you meet a, a eclectic mix, mix of individuals so it's um, you, you start hanging out with people you, you never would have otherwise I think and you start building close relationships with them through experiences in the sea and scary experiences and all of that and good experiences as well so it's it's uh, yeah it's pretty cool that you can become such good friends with people that you never would have otherwise I suppose and that, I don't, with Reese, that really helped to push him on because the same as with us in the gym or in sports, when you're doing something and there's a good few doing it, it kind of helps to drive the excitement or helps to drive the enthusiasm for it because like, he'd get a, a message or a call, I'm doing this, come on down, even on a day when he didn't want to go or even someone would post a video of them surfing and then he'd be like jazz, he'd be like, oh my God, I want to do that and like you were saying about being competitive you'd see a video of someone else doing a wave and then it would drive other people on and it kind of pushes the standard yeah definitely yeah I totally agree with that like there's been many a time where it's been free obviously living in Ireland it's been freezing cold outside and 60 knot winds and just like it's the last thing you want to do you just want to sit by the fire and drink tea but your friend texts you and all of a sudden you're like oh all right, and you end up having a great time anyway so it's like it's definitely it's, it's great to have it's that. that power that shared experience um, but you're talking about like coming through scary experiences I've seen just from looking at a lot of your videos and stuff I've been kind of following you for the last couple of years my uncle lives in New Zealand I was telling you before we, we started oh, yeah, shooting right. He um, we used to come up here surfing for years um, again it didn't really stand to me that much but like I used to come <laughs> up and really enjoy it but he um, popped me on a link to your, your Instagram I had a couple of clips that were on you about a year ago um, when I was over in New Zealand for Christmas so I've kind of been keeping an eye on you but uh, your, like scary experiences you end up bursting your face open an awful lot uh, yeah. uh, so I'm wondering like it kind of like obviously you've got scary experiences you've got really positive experience um, like what do you think when you're looking at if we're talking about like overcoming big adversity and big challenges what, like when you come into big waves and like they're clearly overwhelming looking at the start like what what goes through your head what's your thought process is it very technical is it all feel based or is it just through your experience you're you're relying on when I first started obviously I was completely petrified and the fear of the unknown was the the biggest element for me that just got me it was like I was couldn't sleep the night before I was up all night and then was almost vomiting the day of like the first time I went out and it was huge so um yeah it was it was just basically getting used to that and the more experience I had the less fear of the unknown there was because I I cancelled it out through um bad wipeouts and kickings and stuff so it was like I think it's definitely good to have, have those bad experiences because they um they kind of turn everything around for you and make you realize that yeah, you're you're well able to handle it most of the time and how long were you surfing before you took on some of the, the like what's for people who are listening who don't know a lot about surfing like what's your distinction of a big wave um, yeah, I suppose that's kind of because the waves today were big for us when they're like you're <laughs> not that big. <laughs> yeah, I always find that's it's a hard one to explain because I suppose it's down to your own opinion. But um, yeah, I suppose for me, it's anything over maybe ten foot that starts to get pretty big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm small enough as well. So it's, uh... <laughs> and so, how long were you surfing? Then, kind of like you're rocking around your mates before you said, right, let's kind of take this to the next level. Yeah, I'd, I've. I've personally always just loved the feeling of being out of my comfort zone and a lot of a lot of my friends didn't really 
want to chase big waves as much as I did and I kind of just I just loved it so I, every session I always wanted to catch the biggest waves my arms could get me into and that was kind of that was my thing so I just kept pushing myself more and more and went out in conditions that maybe I shouldn't have been out in sometimes but it kind of it like it's it's stood to me today and I think um yeah it's kind of it's pretty good yeah it helps kick on and that's another thing you probably mightn't have realised it but the guys around you that you were surfing with like they're probably going to be inspired by what you're trying to do and you can drag them along as well even though they might or did they all just drop off or did they kind of some of them <laughs> stick with you oh yeah it's amazing like hope the main aim is to hopefully inspire some people to do the same I suppose and I, I've had a few friends like come out with me and get really really good waves so it's that like maybe some of them wouldn't have paddled out otherwise so it's kind of it's really cool to see them come out and get really good waves and yeah they're they they know they're well fit for it and they've got the the skill to do it so it's uh yeah it's cool to see brilliant in terms of you know making that step from the smaller or normal sized wave to the big wave um i, I was at a talk with john Kavanagh, the um conor mcgregor's coach and he was talking about like helping someone overcome that fear of the unknown and building someone up and what he said was just that trying to get yourself to the point where you feel that but your ability is at that level that you'd be like you said you're well able to handle it or you'd be close to able to handle it and then put them in that they do that and then move on to the next step move on to the next step for yourself and by by constantly getting just that little bit outside of your comfort zone realizing you can do it and then stepping up over time to the next step is that something you used to step up or was it a case of just throwing yourself in the deep end and then seeing if you could do it or was there more of a logical progression yeah no definitely there i completely agree it's kind of all about stepping stones to get where you want to be in in any sport or or anything like that so for me it was um we're we're really lucky to grow up here in bundoran because it's one of the best stretch of coastline from bundoran to mulligmore in the world so we've got a huge variety of waves and i think that was what led me to surf bigger waves is because we've had like waves like Tullin, which is for beginner levels, and then little waves that it's the next step, and then there's a few more that get slightly crazier the closer you get to Mulligmore. It's quite funny, it's like the perfect little playground to learn how to become a big wave surfer. And yeah, each wave I just started getting more and more comfortable at until I finally worked my way up to Mulligmore. And that would have been obviously the step then, like you said, as far as your arms could get you paddling, yeah. then you obviously get onto your arms can't take you that far anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the feeling like that first time you're being pulled out by a jet ski, getting ready to go? Is that is that the night before you're talking about feeling sick when you're when you're bombing out there? Is is the <laughs> yeah. panic setting in? Are you having regrets, doubts? Yeah, definitely. I do. it was one of my friends, Dylan Stott. He called me up and told me that, that he wanted to take me out, and I was like, oh, yeah, amazing. What what so, age were you? Uh, I just turned twenty. Okay, for, I think so you've been surfing for kind of eight or nine years at that stage? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I called Richie up and I think he was going away on holidays, but he made a big deal about it. He was like, I need to get you the right board and stuff. So he gave me his old like prize board and stuff nice. to surf Mulligmore on because he'd, he'd had a family and stuff and he, his wife was like, you can't surf there anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So he gave me the board and let me use away at it. And um, yeah, I was sitting out in the water and I was watching all the lads and they'd all got loads of crazy waves and I was sitting there like oh I don't want one like I yeah. just want to go in now it was so cold it was freezing horrible winter's day but the waves were huge and perfect and Dylan was like oh it's your turn and I was like oh 
Shit. Yeah. Like, no, I'm okay, time. man. I'm okay. Let's just go in. It's cold. And everyone's tired. And he's yeah. like, no, nah, I'm getting one. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So I was just sitting on my back and waiting for to get pulled up by the jet ski. And I was like almost ready to pass out. I was so scared. I was just spinning. And Dylan was like, it's all right. It's all right. You're going to get one. I was like, okay. So he pulled me up and towed me into my first wave. And I think it was, I don't know, like 20 foot or something. And it was the best wave of my life. And then. I was just buzzing. I was like, "Oh, sweet, thanks so much, Dylan. Let me go in now." And he was like, "No, you're getting another one." I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah. So we just kept going, and like, I, I think I had like three or four waves, and every wave in succession was like the best wave of my life after each other. So it was like the most surreal feeling. It was like I'd finally done everything that I'd wanted to do in life, and it was like it was it was a mad feeling. So it was like it was really cool to be able to do that. That's incredible because you get that a lot with like in other sports as well, where you're coming up to like big matches or you know cup finals. People happen to people in their business life, they have big decisions to make, and you ha- everyone has that anxiety. Like people, if you only saw the footage of you on the wave, yeah, you'd be like this guy's been doing it his whole life. <laughs> no one sees the three four minutes before where you're cacking yourself about yeah, to pass yeah. out. Uh, it just shows like people are capable of so much more than they think sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Like I, it's something that I've wanted to do. F- for years since I started surfing really is I was just fascinated by it like I had photos of Richie all over my wall and like all that like it's just like the end goal and to finally achieve it was amazing I was completely ecstatic but at the same time before it happened I didn't think I could do it so it's just all about pushing yourself beyond what you think you can do I suppose and having those good people around you that yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. help you and keep pushing you sometimes yeah. when you want to go <laughs> yeah. go home yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> in terms of like you know at that moment because I'm always interested to hear the, uh, moments like that where you kind of you overcome something that's really really big and listening to you saying in your head you're like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this Um, like what I found with myself in terms of rugby that would be the feeling like Roy said that you'd get the day of like a really really big match the day you step up but then for myself, like, I'll just say to myself before I'm about to go out, come on, you've got this, or come on, this is what you want to do, and then get your first tackle. So like, I think of myself, get my first hit, and then the game starts, and then I get my first hit, feel it, it feels exactly the same as any other hit you made, and then you're like, right, now I'm in the game. Yeah, and then exactly. at that point, I start enjoying it. So for me, it's a case of talking myself in a positive manner and trying to reframe what I'm doing and remind myself like you said this is something I've always wanted to do yeah and then give myself something to focus on so that thing of like if I can hit someone first up that'll that'll start me off and like help me to get my nerves into the right place so for yourself being towed up to the the wave and you're saying to yourself I don't want to do this I don't want to do this was it a case of you talked yourself into it or was it a case of you just got in the wave and you had to do it I think it was because of it was something that I'd wanted to do for so yeah. long and it's just kind of what I worked towards for years and I I think I was telling myself I didn't want to do it because I was so scared but obviously subconsciously I really did want to do it yeah. more than anything so I think that's kind of what pushed me on to do it eventually because I could have just went in but and to also have someone there to go no no just go for it you're well able so I think having that extra little push as well was, was good but it was definitely down to myself wanting to do it more than anything I think being able to recognise that opportunity as well that like this is I've wanted to do this for my whole life or your nine years ten years of surfing and now you have that chance to do it like sometimes that's that's even scary in itself if you've been waiting for something for a long time the opportunity presents itself it's almost surreal it's right in front of you and like unfortunately a lot of people don't take those opportunities they that's why people have regrets 
it yeah. was right in front of their face and they never took it so like that's a great thing for people listening to think right oh. this guy is like now one of the top guys in the world of what he does it's only three or four years ago that he was sitting there shitting himself and, and now yeah. look where he is like it, it's the way it happens for a lot of people people don't see the back end of it um, but like, that's definitely some really cool things in terms of the like how to overcome those obstacles and get to where you want to be what we want to know is with with surfing it's obviously the, the training type is very different from what we would typically do in the gym and what we do for our sports which are, are rugby and just gym training in yeah. general um, what, what what does your training look like what, what keeps you in shape for surfing yeah um, mainly for surfing I, I just try and surf as much as I can I feel like surfing as much as you can and just being in the ocean in general keeps you in rhythm with what's going on and if you're not in the ocean regularly you kind of fall out of routine and it kind of throws you off when the waves do get big you're you're just all out of rhythm and don't really know what to do with yourself so i think just staying staying in the ocean a lot and just like yeah practicing surfing a lot is the best for it but other than that obviously if you don't want to drown you you kind of have to train a bit more and do stuff that you don't really want to do in the gym but i think um yeah what i what i do a lot is in between you know trips and filming and stuff i try to swim like at least four times a week if i can okay what kind of distance and, uh, do you swim in i usually do like a mile so but I, I do like a lot of high intensity stuff so I just do like a, a few laps of a warm-up and then do a sprint up and down the pool and then do an underwater lap and then sprint back and then do the same again and just a breath in between each set so that sounds incredibly intense yeah and uh it's it's pretty it's pretty hectic but it's it's the best for it kind of rep replicates a wipeout underwater so your adrenaline's going from the the high burst swim and then you wipe out and you'll have nowhere under underwater obviously so you kind of have to fight through all the adrenaline and and tired muscles and lack of oxygen to get back to the surface and then go again so and t- typically how long do you end up underwater for after like a big wipeout on big waves um it varies a lot but um yeah if, if stuff goes wrong you can be anywhere from 10 seconds to a minute it just yeah it varies but okay. it it's um it's it's a long minute it's more like it feels like eternity it feels like 10 minutes because you, you, you just no oxygen you just got hit really hard you could go down with no air and like yeah you're not getting a few big deep breaths before yeah, you get exactly. under yeah. yeah and is that something you train as well obviously with the lengths I, I think i saw i saw a movie years ago it was like jared butler was in it it was i oh, stuck yeah. on a plane it was what's it called it was like Jason chase Mavericks, yeah yeah that's what reminded me of the story of yourself and Richie. But I saw it, I was, I was flying to, I was actually going to, to San Francisco. So I was kind of like, we we're hoping to do a surfing there. So I just threw it on and watched it. But uh, he was saying like the kid had to train, like he had to stay in the bath for like five minutes before he could go and, and surf for them or whatever. But like, is that something you would have done when you were younger as well? Practice holding your breath, preparing for those bigger moments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I actually used to just sit in the bath and hold my breath. For a while as you're well. exactly the kid from that movie <laughs> yeah. <isn't they? laughs> yeah, so it's kind of funny that you brought that up but um yeah i realized that that's not actually really that effective it obviously trains your lungs a bit but it doesn't really help you in a wipeout situation it doesn't replicate the real life situation yeah, exactly yeah something that i've become really interested in lately is like breathing and meditation um like so obviously the ability to hold your breath and the ability to control your breathing um, and a lot of my interest has come from reading a lot of books with guys who are Navy SEALs and then talking about how they use that and they'd use like box breathing. We've used it in the gym in our cool downs for people to try and help them to one, being more in tune with their breath, but two, to 
be able to control their breathing and increase their lung capacity so when we're doing high intensity intervals in the gym that feeling of big deep breath fill up your lungs and being calm with that like is obviously doing the session in the pool you're talking about there where you get out of breath then go under and hold your breath but would you do any sort of additional work with breathing in terms of techniques to help you improve your breathing or um yeah there's a few different things that i do on land or when i'm sitting out waiting for a wave and it's huge i'll just do some breathing techniques when no one's like looking i'll just sit there and close my eyes and do it and it's actually really nice because it calms you down and feels like it kind of centers you and you kind of forget that you're surfing huge waves then you open your eyes and you're back to reality but it's like i usually breathe in through my nose for four and then hold for four and out for four and then go the whole way up to eight seconds and then just repeat i feel i feel like that calms me down loads and yeah, definitely a, yeah it's a good way building up to eight so like we do it in the gym we're looking at like the box breathing technique in for five uh, hold for five out for five and then hold on your exhale for five and then kind of restart it like it's it's something that's really tough i'd imagine especially if you're sitting out waiting for a wave to build that up to eight you're going to be very relaxed you'll be in a very comfortable state you'll feel very in tune with your body yeah um it's something we were actually listening to in the car on the way up Rudd's yeah. fell asleep um meditating in the car while i had to drive on the way up there was something on today <laughs> fm they were talking about it but uh the guy that was on he was just talking people don't don't breathe enough they don't sit down and get yeah, in tune exactly. with their breathing um yeah. you mentioned in a few of the blogs i've, I've read in you you do a good bit of yoga or is yoga yeah. is one of the kind of big things you do yeah exactly yeah i, I do a lot of yoga and i try and do that every day if i'm um I'd even try and do it when I'm travelling, just like a few little sets in the, in the airport or whatever. But yeah, I find that more than anything and more than any of the gym work kind of helps me a lot, even just relaxation. And I feel like just being limber has helped me with a lot of injuries as well and preventing them. So I think, yeah, it's, it's great, definitely. Like the breathing, that's something we seven brothers are trying to do a good bit more yoga. We've kind of just started yoga in the gym. We we kind of put a nice studio in above one of the gyms, and uh, it's something that I think we struggled a, a lot at the start. Was just forget the movements. We struggled with the movements because we're not very flexible. But even just to sit there and breathe and focus on your breathing, it's quite difficult to experience the first few times you try it. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah, what, and like you were saying about the holding your breath under in the bath, it's like a good starting point, but it's not specific to the actual the events like yeah. doing the breathing exercises but then like Roy's saying when you're in a position that's really uncomfortable for you and then trying to breathe in a manner that's different to what you normally do and really focusing on your breathing that's a whole another element of challenge to it so um, you can kind of see how the yoga would carry over like that as well practicing breathing while doing movements that aren't comfortable definitely yeah and when you're um, nutrition then like that's give good spec on the training nutrition wise like how long are you on the water for because you'd be out there for two three hours at any stage yeah how do you look after your nutrition because you're going to need fuel like it's a t- it's surfing is tough like where yeah. we were only out for an hour this morning we could barely move <laughs> our arms to put the microphones together here so like well, how do you take care of that um, I was quite lucky growing up because my my mum and my grandmother were always just in they were naturally into good food and healthy eating so um I basically learned off them and learned how to cook off them and just usually a lot of organic food and vegetables and a lot of that stuff and a bit of meat and fish but um, I usually start the day off with porridge and stuff and then I'd have like an omelette or something like that and then um, I'd usually juice a lot as well like juice vegetables and stuff so I feel like that's a juicing's really good just to get a lot of fruit and veg into you at one go and 
good for repair and stuff. So I feel like it's a that's a it's a really good thing to get into if you want to. Yeah, yeah. For your health. Uh, and then when you're actually on the water, is there anything that you like? Do you bring like gels with you or anything like that? Like similar to endurance events where people are running, they might need to to bring like glu- or glucose gels or anything like that, or do you just starve? Um, yeah, I usually just starve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your hunger brings you back in, not yeah, the fact exactly. that your arms don't work anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Would, would you, um, so when you're doing, say, filming the documentary and you're doing like a lot of surfing or creating content, like would you notice your calorie demands hugely increase from doing a lot of surfing in a day, or is your surfing fairly constant? Because I know my brother, when he was surfing when he was younger, himself and his friends used to bring jars and Nutella with them and they're, they're like they're like 14, 15 and they're Reece still eats jars and Nutella I catch him eating jars and Nutella after <laughs> he's, he's 115 kilos whatever he is so yeah, yeah. Uh, but like he, they, I always remember they'd bring that with them because they were, they'd just bring it and sit down and have a few spoons of that and then go back in the water and do like not necessarily the best thing but they just but they were all not a pick fat on them super lean the whole time and it was obviously because their calorie demands were through the roof surfing yeah. for like seven eight hours a day you'd imagine for you if you're doing a lot of surfing a day would you notice that you have to eat a lot more to recover but also to support your body weight yeah, definitely. I just you just feel like you're hungry all the time. Yeah. You can't fill that gap. You're just always stuffing your face. So yeah. It's, yeah, I just de- I definitely eat a lot more if I was surfing a lot. Would it's you- funny you were, you were saying about your your brother yeah. there with the Nutella. Was, when, it, when we were younger, we surf like our brains. I remember the the longest we surfed in a day was like twelve hours once. Yeah, it was crazy, and we were just like sun, sunburnt and rashes and and everything and. Um, yeah, my friend R and D's. He was one of my buddies that I just surf with all the time, and he was an absolute fiend for chocolate and everything. So yeah, he'd go in and get a tub of Betty Crockers that you use to ice cakes with, and he'd eat the whole tub and then go in between surfs. He was crazy, like, and still not a pick of fat on him. Yeah, <laughs> just because you'd imagine like. I talk a lot about uh, in the gym to people that we did um, just finish like a 12-week transformation process um, where we provide education for 12 weeks on nutrition. And one of the things I was talking about when I did a seminar at the start was how your daily movement has such a big impact on the amount of calories you need. So like if you're someone who has a job where you move a lot or you move a lot in general today or you're doing something like surfing where you're just constantly moving, your calories will be through the roof and like how you need to fuel for that. Um, so you, now you're a bit older and obviously you're taking surfing a lot more serious. Are you putting a lot of thought into, right, I've got a heavy day surfing here, make sure I've got enough meals to do it or do you just wait until you're hungry and then eat a load? Uh, no, I, yeah, I'd usually, um, I'd usually plan but it's it's just become second nature now so it's not even like planning it's just something I do cause, yeah. yeah I just surf a lot and I make a big feed the night before and then just have it for the day but I'd usually bring meals and stuff with me I have fruit and stuff and then I bring a salad or like bring a juice or bring a smoothie and stuff like that so it's it's handy and it keeps costs down as well when you're travelling and surfing loads but I'd usually if, if I was surfing for the day I'd make a big pot of something just so me and the boys could have it or or whatever like a big curry and stuff team like player as well unbelievable <laughs> yeah and you make you make brings the ice cream for after yeah exactly <laughs> but, but that's that's one thing like you know your sport you know your demands you know what, what you're going to require every day and you prepare accordingly and yeah. that's what helps you recover and like it's like what we talk about Rudd's favourite thing to say is like preparation beats willpower 
So like it's being prepared and knowing what your day or your week looks like, planning ahead. It's going to keep you in line with, for you, your performance isn't going to dip. Because I'd imagine if you went somewhere, say for example, you were camping out, there was a guy camping, looked like he was yeah. on the side of the cliff this morning we went. But like, you know, <laughs> if you're camping out for a few days surfing, you don't bring enough food like, and you're, you're shooting a documentary series or whatever it might be. Like your performance isn't going to be as good cognitively. You're not going to be as aware. You're not going to create the best content. You're not going to make the most of your time. It's so like your lack of preparation is going to have a detrimental effect to your performance, which is ultimately your career yeah. and your profession. It's so like being prepared and knowing, listening to your body and know what you're going yeah. to need to prepare is very important. Even sure. mood as well. Like if you're going out and you just didn't have enough food and then you're in... Rhodes gets very yeah. hangry. I get very I'm hangry. Same, yeah. 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 I get, I get very hangry. And I'd imagine, so like for us there, today from today, I was just so grateful for the opportunity to do it. I was like, this is awesome. We just kept saying to each other, this is class. But like, if you didn't have enough food and you weren't prepared, you could easily be in a really cool situation, but just be so hungry Not that all, you, all yeah. you can think about is like how hungry you are instead of like, how mm. amazing is this? I get to do yeah. this and how cool is this place? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. I find like if a few times when I was younger like we'd, we'd be going away and surfing for hours but it's, Ireland's an amazing place because a lot of the waves are in the most beautiful scenic locations like at the base of these cliffs that not many people have been to and just like these through these beautiful fields surrounded by mountains like it's really really special but if you're starving and hungry you're just not going to enjoy any of that you're like oh <laughs> just get me home like, can't appreciate it. it yeah exactly so i learned through that ex- exact thing just to be it's so much more enjoyable just to be prepared and to bring food and yeah. have everything you need like so and obviously you're talking about like surfing ireland you're like can see your eyes light up when you're talking about like your passion for ireland coastline surfing here is there any places apart from ireland that you've been that you've like just absolutely loved the experience talked about spain is, is there anywhere else that like is just incredible for either culture or for the surf or scenery anything else that's blown your mind um yeah there's been a, a few places like i was surfing in india that was pretty that was like other oh, did you create a you put a movie together while you were over there did I see yeah, that yeah yeah so um that, that was a good few years ago now but that was um that was a really that was just so diverse culturally and landscape wise it was we we're in Mumbai and then we we're down south in Kerala where it's just Kerala's incredible yeah, yeah. I spent uh kind of five weeks in india a few years ago um mostly in kind of goa down towards kerala but like okay, the cool. the sunsets in kerala is supposed to be like number one in the world for yeah. like the size of the sun as it's coming up and down the mornings it's yeah, it's mind-blowing yeah, i didn't surf fine. there but like it, it did look, it look like an incredible place to surf yeah it was it was great it was just also just magical being somewhere like that and actually surfing you're like you shouldn't be able to surf in india <laughs> you're good but yeah yeah it's pretty cool like so and also the food and everything is just amazing there yeah, it was it's that whole combined experience of like you probably had really good people with you as well. You're yeah. having a lot of fun, um, like you're really enjoying what you're doing. It makes you appreciate everything that little bit more. Definitely. And you come back to the food again, which makes you enjoy everything. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So people might look from the outside and they say, oh, "That's awesome! You're doing what you love for a living." Like it's definitely something people say to me the whole time. Is like, "Oh, you're so lucky to be doing something you love for a living." Um, but for myself, I know there was there was and still are constant steps to this is what I want to do this is all the hard work that I'm going to put in and keep putting in um, and a, a very clear plan like I get an education go and get experience then team up with people continually work hard and set new goals and achieve and try and get better to be able to do what I li- love for a living in terms of for yourself 
what were the steps that you took to be able to turn the, basically the thing you love and your hobby into what you do now to make a living? Yeah, I think um, the main thing was just setting little personal goals for myself and ticking them off one by one. It was like that was the main thing that that got me to to where I am, I suppose. But I I always just concentrated on enjoying myself and focusing on what I wanted to to do next. Like I I didn't really I never focused on really just making it my career as, yeah. as such. I kind of just more so focused on enjoying every every surf I had and trying to better myself and, and that kind of like I, I didn't really want to focus on the angle too much in case it took away from enjoying the present moment yeah. I think but um yeah I, I find yeah it was it was just really good to do that, do it that way. and was there a clear moment for you like that that's class to hear you say that because so many people do focus on the the outcome like you've got the process and then you've got the result and like the result doesn't happen without the process sorry the result happens either way but the process is how you turn the result into the one that you want and if you're focused on just enjoying that process like you're going to be very good at the things that you enjoy you ultimately get what you want which is you now you know have a career out of what you love doing every day and was there a moment where you're like obviously so your sort of career split up between we're talking about beforehand like competition surfing content creation for the likes of red bull who red bull sponsored athlete and you were saying like that the content creation is really fun stuff that's that's where you get to express yourself and enjoy what you're doing the most uh yeah yeah definitely i think um yeah for the content creation side of things it's just a it's it's a lot easier you just you, you pick a little place you want to go and you get to surf the waves you want to surf and it's um it's it's a lot more kind of um enriching i suppose whereas uh, competitions are just um yeah you're battling yourself and battling other people so it's it's not as enjoyable but when things go right it obviously is but uh, yeah and, and with that though even with like the content creation stuff you're probably having to like people just kind of look and go right that guy surfs it's class or whatever but like to put that stuff together into a way that is as glamorous and appealing as, as it presents itself online takes an awful lot of work. There's the surfing isn't the only skill. There's a lot of different things in the background to make that content look great. Yeah. Uh, luckily I'm, I'm friends with a lot of really, really talented guys. They're just amazing at what they do. So, um, I just basically present them with an idea and we just go around and film stuff together and have fun. And it's, um, it's kind of, it usually is a long process, but we, we end up, putting something together and it's it's always nice to have it at the end too to look back and you've just got this little memory from a special time so it's pretty yeah, cool those 60 second Instagram clips but like that's yeah. another thing surround yourself with people who are really good at what they do and who bring the best out of you like that sounds like you've got a really good team of people around you yeah yeah definitely they're, I'm lucky too because they're all like good friends rather than just colleagues so it's, it's pretty cool like over the last few years obviously things have changed for you now in terms of you're doing this as your you know your career um like how has life changed from being the guy who's just going out and hoping to go out and surf these waves to be now being the guy who's going out he's red bull sponsored athlete has that changed at all your life or how you view surfing um it, it, actually no it hasn't really it it's changed in the sense that i've got a few more meetings and stuff <laughs> yeah my my surfing hasn't um hasn't changed at all i've i've still have the same personal goals as i i had when i was wasn't sponsored by rebel or wasn't sponsored at all so yeah i think it's like i said earlier it's all about 
you know, stay true to yourself and enjoying it for what it is, and you you'll get where you want to be if you if you really love it and if you really want to want to succeed, I suppose. And you're talking about goal setting. What what are the next things on the horizon for you? What are the big goals that you've got planned next? To to paddle the, the biggest wave I can because with, with jet skis it's it's considered a little bit easier to tow into a wave at a jet ski nowadays. So um, yeah, just paddle surfing is is the next step, and that's where it's kind of kind of going these days. So. Um, but um, other than that, I suppose like the massive end goal would be the big wave world tour. So hopefully one day. <laughs> what have you got? Like again, your goals like laid out. You've got the plan, the process for that. How how attainable is that, or how far away is when you're going to try and take that on? Is it something that's on the near horizon for you? Um, it's it's a funny one actually. It's it can it's quite political because it's it's kind of you have to be invited onto the tour and it, there's no qualifying series. Okay. So it can, it's kind of almost bad to say, but it's about how you know, sort of. And you kind of have to prove yourself around the world time and time again to be able to get, get a spot on, on the tour. So I guess the, the, the main way and the main aim is to just travel as much as I can and surf big swells around the world and hopefully get into a few contests. And that's kind of that's how it starts, I suppose. Well, it's been a good run for you because how many videos have gone up in the last couple of years of you surfing huge waves like your profile is increasing pretty pretty quickly around the world from what i gather looking at all everything online about you yeah i, I think um as well, you don't have to be modest here you can say <laughs> it as well yeah. i've got a few um a few friends that are on the tour as well i'm quite lucky but i suppose the surfing community is quite small and ireland's such a amazing place for big waves that you get a lot of those good guys coming through so I've developed good relationships with them and they're kind of trying to point me in the right direction so it's really good to have mentors like that like they're they're the best of the best so it's it's really good to to kind of feed off their energy and stuff pick their brains and get get advice yeah exactly yeah and it's kind of it's nice to hear them say that we've got some of the best waves in the world and that you've got the potential to grow if you want to so it's uh it's good nearly everybody we've talked on the podcast so far has said that it's about having those people around you like talk about circle people as well to like you can always keep looking up to somebody and keep yeah. learning from somebody no matter how how good or how much of a master you become at your sport or your you know your professional whatever it is there's still always something above to to keep reaching towards you'd be a big believer in that roads from even with when you're yeah. coaching people people can still surround themselves with positivity and keep trying to achieve more if they if they have the right people to look up to definitely and i think like actively seeking that out as well so like something we, we did a presentation in the gym yesterday for the coaching staff and i was talking about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and how you know it's not necessarily a permanent thing so for myself since i learned about the difference between the two mindsets i've always tried to be aware of what i'm thinking and am i falling into that fixed mindset where i think that this is where i'm at now or am i looking at it as a chance to grow and then part of that growth mindset is like constantly trying to look for people one to inspire you yeah. that you see someone doing something better than you or you're doing something and you're like that's really cool as opposed to going ah that guy's lucky or sure he just does that because of this and then the other thing is because of who it, he knows that's because what he's on there or look like actively trying to look for people to educate you so no one's going to be top notch at everything so we all have our strengths so like even myself and Roy like a big part of the reason why we've worked so well together is we have different personality types different strengths and like I lean on him heavily for a load of things to help me with so like having constantly looking for people one who can educate you 
but constantly looking for people who can inspire you as well and anytime you get you get a chance to see that you see someone doing something awesome it's like oh cool I want to go I want to go be with this guy I want to go talk with this person so yeah. they can you know give me a bit more fuel to push myself yeah completely I, I completely agree with that I, I find when I started getting comfortable out at Mullockmore like we'd have a few bigger paddle days and I might get one or two waves but I'd see waves come through that I didn't think were surfable like I didn't think I could get myself onto them but then these amazing guys came through that I'd eventually become friends with and they were going on these crazy waves and just blowing people's minds and I was like holy shit I could completely I was completely taken back and just couldn't believe what I was seeing and that like really really pushed me more than anything I think to kind of give it a proper dig kick on and do you find there's a lot of younger guys coming through then that are kind of looking up to you now do you start to see that the same way you might have been looking up to those guys uh, has that started to happen yet or are you a couple of years down the line from, from being that guy yeah <laughs> I think it might be a few years as well when you open in your surf shop and yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's it well everyone's looking up to Rhodes purely because yeah. of his height more than anything else but, uh, I'm 5'6 most of the kids are taller than me already <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you find that like, you were talking about your mate that we rented the gear off this morning he's like running um surf lessons for the under 12s guys who have competitions coming up uh, like you, you were helping them out weren't you this, or this morning were you down there kind of having a look and what, what is that something that you really enjoy is passing on the experience that you've got to kind of younger guys coming through as well yeah that's something that's that's what it's all about like it's that brings you the most joy I think is being able to see a little kid just be absolutely delighted with himself and be able to help him get there and I suppose it's nostalgia you're looking back at what and you know what they're feeling and what they want to achieve so you're like yeah it's amazing to be able to help them definitely does coaching help you become a better surfer so like from my perspective since I've become a coach six years ago being a coach has taught me so much more about myself and made me better in all the areas of my life because I now have to try and help someone do something and one you have to figure out like if you're at a certain level, how did you get to that level? But also you see traits in people that you have and you'd like to change. But you, I, I found I've become way more aware of all my traits from seeing them and other people and trying to help them with that. And I'm like, geez, I do that as well. I, I need to change this. Like has coaching people helped you become a better surfer? Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say like I'm, I'm an amazing coach or anything. I'd say Owen Murphy, you guys were with today, Murph Surf School. He's like the, the man. He's really good. He was actually like just on a an Irish surf team trip, and usually before he was surfing on the Irish team, but this year he was coaching okay. in Norway, and they got like their best result ever in, in the Europeans. And yeah, I, to bring it back, I suppose like I, I, if I'm trying to pass on knowledge to someone and trying to pick out what they're doing wrong, you do see that you do the same things yourself and it's really interesting just to bring it back to basics and then you try and try and you try and implement it in your your own surfing or your own sport so it's like I'd say putting those big rocks in place like the basics is what we talk about all the time if you get the basics in place yeah exactly you can build on it and excel but if your basics aren't good you're you're never going to get to where you want to be yeah what's over the next six months or the immediate term fee is there any, any cool trips or obviously a couple more documentaries coming up um, yeah we're working on a, an Africa project at the moment as well so that's kind of on the side and we're, we're almost finished that we're finished filming and everything and that's just going to do a few film festivals and we'll see, see how that does and then going to Australia at the end of this month for two and a half months to kind of go and train and awesome. 
watch how those guys do things so it'll be interesting <laughs> yeah and you're obviously well, look crazy busy so I just want to say thanks again for coming to meet us when I told a few people that we were coming up to meet you I got more messages than I had on any of the other guys that we were kind of interviewing before loads of different questions coming in and people saying oh, like they've been following you so you have a lot of fans even though surfing is probably not as mainstream as, as, as some other sports in Ireland there's a lot of people that are keeping an eye on you and, and really wishing you well oh, over the next amazing. couple of years so thanks so much lads it was an absolute pleasure yeah and thanks to the Pierhead Hotel for the VIP suite uh, just next to the bar in the middle of the day uh, Thanks and best luck with everything over the next few months, Connor. Cheers. All right, thank you.